Oh, shit, we're already back. DraftKings puts out the prices at, like, midnight last Monday. So today they put them up at, like, 11 a.m. I guess they're trying to make the world right again. Or maybe they're just happy that we're back to a normal format where there's no stupid partners. Although, I got to tell you, after this last week, I like that format a little bit more. I've warmed up to it. What's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate75. I'm a PGA DFS content creator who is here to help you get a little bit better. I'm not going to give you a single pick, but I'm going to walk you a little bit through my process and give you a couple pointers to try to get to try to get you to quit stepping on your own dick, okay? If you find you like the cut of my gym, come check out the schedule right here. Right now, you're watching the course preview, contest selection, and pricing thoughts video, but make sure you're here Wednesday for the live stream, 7 p.m., Lord's Time Zone, as always, and then Showdown Hoedown, where, you know, I the king of showdown, because, like, it's the one place where there's still an edge, kicking the nuts, a.k.a. week-long. Not a huge edge, okay? You got to get a little bit of luck sack there. But Showdown Hoedown, there is. Come check that out Friday and Saturday night. Um... Let's get going. All right, I'm going to try to keep this one a little bit shorter this week. I got a hot date with a golf course, and uh, I've heard she's putting out. Uh, was, it, was it a good week for me? Yeah, it was. Won, won a couple tickets to the Fantasy Golf World Championship. Some people be like, you know what? You need to, like, let's just enjoy your win and uh, slow down. Fuck that. I'm ready for this week. I'm ready to do it again. I'm ready to dive in and look at it all, all right? So the first thing we're going to start out with is talking a little bit about this course. If you don't know, they are down in Porta Vallarta? Puerto Vallarta. By the way, you want to know a fun fact? Well, if you're watching golf this weekend, I want you to play this game with me. How many times you hear the term Grupo Salinas? Salinas? Oh, it's it, it, over under 558. Okay, you will hear that term so much. It, it's unbelievable. They sponsor this thing, and they're getting their money's worth. Okay, you are going to know about Grupo Salinas. All right. <laughs> they're, they're down in Mexico on the West Coast. Okay, not not the East Coast. Not, over on the West Coast, which I believe would be the Pacific. And uh, it's a little resort course there called Vedanta Vallarta, which is, you know, it's a Greg Norman course. Uh, they've only played there once, right? Last year was the first year they've played there. And, it, you know, it's a coastal course, so it's not going to be – or it, it, it's it, going to be affected by the winds. It's a resort course, so it's not going to be particularly tough. But I will say this. It's long, and they are not at elevation, right? This isn't the, the, the other Mexico uh, uh, event where they're, you know, a mile up in the air. They're literally like five feet above the water, okay? So uh, uh, you're going to want to – that's going to factor into the kind of people we want to target this week. The first big takeaway, it's a par 71, but it's almost 7,500 yards, which is really long for a par 71, right? I mean, just par, par – our yardage adjusted for the par, it's one of the longest courses out there, right? When there's no elevation, uh, that makes a difference, right? There's 76, 7,700-yard courses out there, but frequently those will be at elevation where you're getting an extra 10% carry with your clubs. This one is not at elevation, so it's going to matter. Uh, a big takeaway that I take from this course is there are uh, 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 five par threes. So it's not a typical par 71 where you only have three par fours, right? Because of the extra par three, there is still four par fives. And I think that matters because this week, it, unbelievably, look at this Look at this thing right here. 42% of all approach shots will come from 200 yards plus. I've never seen that at any other course. So that right there is already the most telling. That Literally, what is that, 35? Over three quarters of all your shots will come from 150 plus, your approaches, right? So this isn't going to be a little flip wedge fest, right? The only time you're probably going to be hitting a wedge at this course is if you have to lay up on a par, th uh, par five, right? That's going to be about it. So I really am going to value guys that can and really tag it from 200 yards because many of the par threes are over 200 yards and with the uh, uh, the four par fives we need to score on those and obviously all those approaches are likely going to come from over 200 yards okay I'm gonna look at these other two but I'm gonna weight this one definitely the most heavy the 200 yards plus approach right also there's quite a few long holes right some of these par fours 498 
uh, uh, 520, which, by the way, these are normally par 5. Some of these are par 5s for the members, but they change it for the PGA, right? So we got a 498, we got a 520, we got a 496, a 475, uh, a 505. So we have some massive par 4s, right, which basically are like, you know, soft-ass par 5s, right? So I think that those long approaches are going to be important, but you know what helps shrink down a long approach? A really fucking long drive. So I think this week... that. Y- I hate to be the guy that pushes a lazy narrative out there, but I think it's true. We only have one year of data from here, and driving distance matters. It really matters. Matter of fact, let's just go look at the leaderboard last year, right? Rom, Finau, uh, Champ, Wise, Rogers, all in the top 10, and I would categorize every single one of those guys as just absolute mashers off the tee, right? I, I would be shocked if all those guys aren't in the top 30 in driving distance, right? So that tells us a lot, right? There's other ways to get there. Not all these guys are big, long hitters, right? Some of them are really good ball strikers. A Kitayama, a Lipsky, a Smalley are all good ball strikers, right? But I, I think that uh, you're going to either need to be a flusher from 175 uh, 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 and further, or you're going to need to be a masher. Okay, that, that's my big takeaway. The other thing you're going to want to know about this course is it's past Palom. We don't see a ton of past Palom courses, right? And past Palom is a different type of grass. First of all, it's really easy to chip out of. This course was super easy last year as far as saving par from the rough. It also, if you hit the ball in the rough off the tee, so you can have great driving distance, hit it in the rough, and you're still going to be okay. The ball tends to set up in this grass quite a bit. But I think what you really want to know is how it affects the greens. These are very, very slow greens, right? Past Palom is not the super fast bent uh, uh, greens that we're going to be seeing. So we're going to see slow pass Palum greens uh, and the entire course is pass Palum. So I will be looking at guys who perform well on pass Palum courses and on pass Palum greens. That's what I will be looking at, right? Along with driving distance, along with uh, being a flusher from 175 plus, and around the green, I'm going to give it a lot less value this week, right? Uh, I, I, the, these greens are huge, so they're not going to be scrambling a whole ton, right? I will. There is a lot of sand traps, so I will be looking at guys who can get up and down out of the sand, but I'm not going to be spending tons of time, uh, you know, fretting. Like if Victor Hovland was here, I'd play him, uh, you know, with impunity, right? I would, I'd be all over him. Uh, I'm just not going to be scared off by that. Uh, and then, of course, as always, I'm going to be looking at guys who score well on long par fours and guys who just generally score well on par fives. Uh, uh, there are f- five par threes, but the par threes are spread across different distances, and I think that I can get a lot of those numbers kind of baked in to my proximity, right? Most of them are going to fall in the, the 175 to 200 plus, so I think I'm going to get a lot of those numbers baked in there. So th- that's just kind of the some of the players, the, the player style I'm going to be looking for. I'll be making my model over on the site. I'm not going to do it here, but those are some things I'm going to look at. Wow, look at that. 637-yard par five. I think that's a four-shotter for me. I think that's a four to get there, to get there. All right, so uh, that's what we're looking at. Once again, here was the leaderboard from last year because they've only played at this course one time. Jonathan Ramathan won the tournament last year. Kitayama, Wu, Finau, Riley, uh, Smalley, Lipsky, Champ, Wise, Rogers that was the top ten. Pretty good field, to be honest. Pretty good field. Uh, uh, pretty good leaderboard. Uh, you know, A lot of those guys are solid players, and if I had to draw a conclusion about all of those guys, uh, uh, 100% of those guys either mash it off the tee or some ball strike and SOBs. Uh, that was literally every person in the top 10. At least that's my opinion. Okay. Uh, and, and I think we're also going to want to know about the wind. Anytime you're playing a coastal course, which you can see, I'll zoom out a little bit for all of you who are geographically challenged. They're over here on the West Coast. Oh, 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 I pissed it off. Yeah, we're on the West Coast of Mexico. Mexico is the country below us if you live in the United States. Okay. And they're over here on the West part of it. Uh, you can see Puerto Vallarta brought to you by Grupo Salinas. Oh, see. 
Um, and uh, you're gonna we're gonna have some winds, right? Some light coastal winds. Doesn't look like it's gonna be too bad, but I think you're gonna see some afternoon breezes. So you know, as of right now, not that we should really be looking at weather, but I think that you are gonna want to factor in uh, guys who play well at resort courses and guys who play well at coastal courses because it offers certain things that other courses don't, right? So that is a quick course overview. Things I'm gonna be looking for: a breakdown of the course with the five par threes, the four par fives, and a bunch of bunch of long ass par fours. The distances we're going to be looking at, it's a Paz Palom course. I'm not worried too much about around the greens. They have huge greens, so that makes me worry about that. But I am going to want to see some sand saves, right? I want to see some guys who can get up and down. All right, let's get over to contest selection. DraftKings, there's no words. Fuck, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Look at this, the big $20 this week, okay? But it didn't feel last week, so we got to shrink it. That was a stupid donkey-ass event with Teams, people don't want to play it. People are back this week. DraftKings, golly, who 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 comes up with these contests? A third to first, get the look. Second place is one quarter of first. You could you beat thirty five thousand two hundred people. You get second place, like you just hit the nuts of nuts lineups, and you get fifty thousand. That's a lot of money. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, you ain't gonna fucking get second place. So don't worry about it. Okay, just be upset that when you actually get somewhere where you might, you're gonna get a uh, twentieth uh, place. You're gonna get seven hundred and fifty bucks. Ooh, you just you just had a 99.9 percentile lineup and you get 750 bucks. Don't spend that all in one place, big guy. Just disgusting. The 555 sucks. The uh, uh, the big $5, at least they kept the structure nice there. This is this is becoming everybody's favorite contest. It's really good. You know, it is it is tough to beat 60,000 people. A great mathematician once said, but you got to just love this payout structure. It's really really good. The $5 is so good. I will just max enter that every week because I'm casting a vote every time I play in these contests and I want to let DraftKings know I like these contests. I wish the $20 reflected this same payout structure and I would max that too, but it doesn't, so I won't. They didn't bump the $200 up because, you know, no one's going to want to play this week with John Rahm and Tony Finau at a real normal golf course. So let's just keep the $200 fucking uh, uh, milk toast as hell. Uh, what do we got? Uh, anything? The the twenty the $3.20 max? Okay, it looks solid. I, I don't remember what the total was last week. You know, I love this one, the 4 max 250 but, you know, like it, it, it needs to be more like a $100,000 prize pool, not 50000 You can never go wrong with the single entries. They finally got my uh, uh, 18 max $10, but they fucking watered it down, only made it for $30,000. Uh, $5 single entry is always good. The $100 single entry is just tiny at only $50,000. Get the fuck out of here. Um, you know, they're just, they're just wieners, man. They're just wieners. They don't understand that, like, we're back to a normal golf tournament. I will say, here's some Fantasy Golf World Championship qualifiers. Uh, plenty of those to choose from this week. Might just go chase more of those. I just want to win them all. So uh, there's some really good ones, right, for all different price ranges. If you're curious, I the one that I won last week, I won a $10 one, and I won the uh, wherever it is. The, there was a $44, which I'm not seeing here, but it was 44 and I finished fourth in the 125 uh, Just know, the higher the entry you pay, the less nuts you have to hit. The lower the entry that you play, the more nuts you need to hit. Like, you're going to have to hit the nuts to win that. Uh, from there, um, you know, like the contests suck. And I, this has me terrified that Showdown's going to suck too because if, if I know anything about DraftKings, if they mail it in on week long, they're going to mail it in on Showdown. These things will all fill Wednesday by the time my stream's on and they'll be like, well, I got just people aren't interested, you dumbasses. They'll be putting secondaries out there and then they won't bump up their Showdown because that's what they do. 
Uh, if you ever want to practice, you know, getting your 150 max in and not spending a ton of money, go play in the 50 cent, right? Uh, uh, you can put a 75 bucks, you can put 150 lineups in that practice, balancing your player pool. I'm really starting to really like these $3 three maxes, the $8 three max, the $20 three max, the $12 single entries. Yes, you're not going to ever hit a monster playing those, but they're just really good structured tournaments where a nice solid lineup can win you some real money, right? Even the $75 three max isn't bad. $5 single entry. Uh, you know, there's not the, the, a lot of these contests are good. I just wish they have more total prizes. And the, the big $20 just just horrific. I wouldn't play in that with your money. That is just so bad. Okay. So what are you going to do? They got, oh, wait. They got Wells Fargo. Already got a millionaire maker from Wells Fargo? Hmm. All right. So there you go. That is contest selection. Let's talk a little bit about pricing thoughts and let's uh, get the fuck out of here. Before we do, come check out my website, dgen75.com, the fastest growing community in PGA DFS that I can show you. Why is it so popular? Well, first of all, we're a great community full of a bunch of people that win and celebrate each other and not toxic fucks. And as you can see, this is just from last week. We do pretty well. We do pretty well, right? Uh, and I have the best tool in all of PGA DFS called the Rosetta Stone, which helps you make a good informed player pool based off stats that actually matter. Instead of those websites that are like, uh, here's a bunch of fucking numbers, like figure out the fuck out. Like, it's not like that, right? I'm going to give you everything and tell you what these numbers mean and how to use them and you use them how you want because at the end of the day, they have to be your picks, not my picks, not, not fucking your touts picks, not the guy on the podcast pick. They got to be yours and they have to make sense to you. This is just there as a tool to help you make the best version of your player pool. And of course, we easily cross 3,000 even though that says 20. We're over 3,000. Trust me. I just haven't refreshed the page. Make sure to drop a like. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend because you know YouTube ain't going to share my shit. Me and the editor are just a couple independent fucks, and we appreciate every single one of you. All right, let's get to pricing thoughts. Here we go. I, I have not looked. I opened it, but I did not look, and I'm looking off to the side just so I don't see it right now. But I have to assume John Rahm is going to be 11-5, or this is ridiculous. And Tony Finau better be at least 10-9, or this is fucking ridiculous. Here we go. Eyes down. 12,000? Holy shit! Holy shit! John... Thank you, DraftKings. You may not do anything right, but you got Jonathan Ramathan's price right. 12000 fucking ducks. You never see that. I mean, you never see that. I do remember one time when I first started playing, Patrick Reed was like 12200 in a contest, and I played him. Now, now I look back and to think that you could ever pay 12200 for Patrick Reed. But Jonathan Ramathan at 12000 is spot on. Finau, honestly, he's a discount. At 10,700, I thought he should be around 11. Those two are just so much better than everybody else in this field. They need to be there. And what I love the most, I'm going to give DraftKings some credit here. They did not feel obligated to start cramming more guys up into the 10,000s, right? Riley, Clark, these guys are where they should be in the upper to mid nines, right? That's a, that's a good, fair price for them. Do I love Davis Riley coming off of a win? No, I don't, Bob. No, I don't. I, 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 I don't think that's a good spot for him. Uh, is John Rom? You know, where does he have to finish to 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 pay off twelve thousand dollars? Well, everybody always says that like there's some true answer. The real answer to where John Rom needs to finish to pay that off is going to depend what the top ten looks like. If there's four guys that are all seventy five hundred dollars or cheaper up in the top ten, well then John Rom could you know could finish uh, just could finish eighth place and could still be in the nuts lineup just because of the builds that you could have with him, right? But if there's four or five guys in the nine K range up in the top ten, John Rom would legit have to win this tournament to pay off that that price tag that would be the only way you could pay it off because there'd be so many other better lineups you could build starting with three 9k guys right so to say what position he has to get based on how much his salary is you can't answer that until you see the leaderboard it depends on who else is playing well during the week and if it's a bunch of those 9k guys just know john rom would legit have to win this to pay it off and even in that case he still not may not pay it off depending on if all those 9k guys are second third and fourth right 
Uh, and there would need to be some cheap options up there too because people would have to have some cheap options to put Jonathan Ramoth in there. Fee now at 10-7, very fair. I mean, I, I think he should be more 10-9, 11,000, but you know, 10,000, 10, you're going you're gonna to pay a premium for him, right? From there, Gary Woodland at 9,600. I'll be the first to tell you I have not studied this field, but the fact that Gary Woodland is 9,600, I already feel like I'm in the fucking twilight zone. What are we doing? Uh, Nicholas Hogard, uh, Nikolai, excuse me, Nikolai Hogard, uh, 9,500. This must be the grossest field ever. The Maverick McNeely, 94. Okay, what, where, okay. I, this this must be, I, I guess we're playing fucking Corrales here. Maverick McNeely and Patrick Rogers, 94, 9,300. Pendrith at 92. I mean, the, the, I, 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 I'm going to look down here, but I'm going to, I already know the answer to this. I haven't seen the field, but I promise you, there's going to be guys at 7,500 that we're going to talk about in a minute who are the exact same fucking players as these guys. The exact, and you're going to pay $2,000 more because, because his name is Hogarth. I got to play that. Whatever. Okay. Remember, Gary Woodland's 9,600. Wait till we get to 7,600. I will give you somebody who is the exact same player as Gary Woodland these days. Don't give me that shit about Gary Woodland won a major. Shit, that's like, 12 years ago. Okay, maybe it was three, but it feels like 12. All right, Norin, Rye, Hostler, uh, Putnam. See, now these guys, these do seem like 8K guys. These guys all seem priced pretty fairly, all right? I, you know, I love me a dumpy bow, even though they fell apart on Sunday. By the way, look at the disrespect. Wyndham Clark at 97 and old dumpy bow at 88. Clearly, you can see who DraftKings thought uh, 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 carried that team. Alex Smalley has a good finish here at 8,400. Garrick Higo at 83. Ugh, God, what a field. Matt Wallace at 81. Oh, wait, S.H. Kim, everybody. you got to play S.H. Kim. By the way, that guy can't ever make a putt until I fade his donkey ass. Then he's fucking, then he's fucking Jordan Spieth in 2016, the best putter you've ever seen in your life. All right, Will Gordon at 7,900 just seems like a complete misprice. How can Will Gordon be cheaper than these assholes? All right, Will Gordon's going to be mega chalk. I can already tell you that. Uh, Bramlett, he's going to be mega chalk at 7,800. I'm telling you, jo Joseph Bramlett is the same player as Gary Woodland. He's $1,800 cheaper. Matter of fact, you might be fucking better. There, I said it. I hope you're offended. I hope you're offended. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Lonto. I love me some Lonto. 7,500. Let's see. Oh, Francesco Molinari, 74. This field is disgusting. This field is disgusting. EVR at 72. Just take all my money now, brother. Just take it now. Uh, Vince Norman. I'm pretty sure that guy can bomb. By the way, did me pretty well this last week at DraftKings. Might have to go back to him. Uh, anybody at Cameron Champ at 7,100. I don't think anybody's going to play that. I, I think they're going to, even with the bomber narrative, people will be like, not that bomber, though. Not that bomber. <sighs> There's got to be just a gross mispricing down here. Ryan Garrard at 6,900 seems, eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, maybe, maybe I'm a little biased there. Okay, this is, th this field just fucking sucks. There's the answer. I found the answer, Bob. The field just really sucks. I don't see anybody really out of line. Oh, Brandon Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> 6600 that guy mashes the ball i mean mashes it uh let's see uh, uh uh okay this field falls off quick 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 okay so uh just going back up i i kind of like these guys in the center there's not a ton of guys here uh you know like uh shez Reeve is way worse than gary woodland right uh uh uh, uh Gazire is way worse than gary woodland okay i guess i just didn't realize that the, the the depth of the field was so bad but guys like will gordon uh joseph ramla even um you know I, I guess those two in particular are not hardly any different than maverick mcneely patrick rogers hogard and woodland right now I will say there is a pretty big drop off between uh, those guys I just named and maybe uh, like a Dylan Wu or something like that, right? But I still think that there's tons of value here in this mid 7K. This is what happens in soft fields is the 7K range always tends to be super undervalued. Eric Cole in this field should probably be 8,400. Bramlett should probably be 8,500. Will Gordon should probably be 8,600. 
Um, you know, there's just a lot of there's, there's just a lot of good value baked in right here in the 7500 range. And then what always happens in these weaker fields is the 9K guys are almost always overvalued, right? Like the, Gary Woodland has no business. This Gary Woodland through probably. Probably Benny Ann. I can't believe Benny Ann's 9,100. You go play that, Bob. Uh, the, the, these six guys right here, they're just all overpriced. Pendrith's been playing like dog shit. Uh, uh, Patrick Rogers just fucking sucks. And Maverick McNeely is just a broken man. Okay, So all these guys are overpriced. But you know what? When I tell you they're overpriced, you're probably thinking, oh, can't play those guys. Matter of fact, I think that is a reason to play them. Because they're overpriced, that inherently will drive down their ownership this week. And if you're one of those people like me who's just playing the game and realizing that your fucking picks suck, then those are the kind of guys you want to get on because you're going to get them at discounted ownership. And yes, those guys are overpriced this week, but that doesn't mean they suck at golf. That doesn't mean they can't spike. It just means that DraftKings overvalued them and the salaries. Okay, that's it. All right. That is pricing thoughts. This is contest selection, and this is your course preview. I hope you've enjoyed this show. Thank you for helping get me to 3,000. And lastly, don't forget to come check me out Wednesday at the live stream. We were the most viewed live stream last week in all of PGA DFS. Help me keep growing. I appreciate every one of you. I'll talk to you next time, you mother father. <laughs>